Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, uh, we've got a great guest. She has starred in one of the uh, longest running shows uh, currently, uh, which is going to be ending very soon, which I'm, I'm absolutely gutted about. It's a wonderful Kim Rhodes that plays Jodie Mills. Kim, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? You know what? I am fine. It's my wedding anniversary today. <gasps> Happy um, anniversary. What number? Uh, nine. Nine. Well done. So it's good. I've got past the seven-year itch, which is really good. Uh, she still likes me, sort of. But we've got two beautiful little girls that, you know, runners ragged. I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old now. She only turned three the other day. So, um, yeah, so literally they're like divas. So the keepers on our toes um yeah always wanting everything um but we're here to talk about you because you know over these many years i've enjoyed the show supernatural i think it's one of the best shows out on tv at the moment and sadly it's going to leave our you know our our, our site forever unless it, of course you buy the dvds <laughs> yes it will it it will it will culminate as a show but i think one of the things that's kept it going for so long and one of the reasons that it's such a unique entity in the entertainment world is the fandom and i have no doubt that this fandom will stay together and passionate and focused and um and still find a way to keep the spirit of supernatural going yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I can't believe it started in 2005. Yeah. Uh, that seems a lifetime ago. I mean, I lived in two countries by then. Uh, and obviously, I've got two girls and, and now, now, now it's leaving us. So, Kim, let's talk about you because you're from Portland originally. And yes. now you live in the wonderful, uh, you know, place of L.A. Um, yes. What got you into acting? What, what point did you think, you know what, oh. I, I want to be an actor? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very, very honest with this. Um, what got me into acting is not what keeps me into acting. What got me into acting was um, a need for validation and for the security of knowing what I was about to say and what the person across from me was about to say. And yet I could still have a bunch of feelings, but in a safe environment. Um, yeah. And I, I, I got into it for that. I stayed in it because I discovered the joy of storytelling. Um, I discovered a connection within that that allowed me to really express something kind of primal and fundamental in, an, in a unique way. And, um, and to work with a, uh, to work in a community where we all bring something unique, something valuable, and um, and make a cohesive 
thing out of it. And that includes, again, the audience. Um, communication yeah. is a two-way street. And I think it's very easy in television for us to forget who we actually work for. And um, and again, I love having such a, such a, a vibrant audience with this show because I, I, I never lose who I'm working for. I always remember the gift and being of service to the story as well as to the audience. Um, so that's, that's why I continued acting. Good, good. And I'm glad, glad you did. Um, so obviously your journey from Portland to Hollywood, as they say, how was that for you? Because a lot of people say the streets are paved with gold and mm. Hollywood is, is where your dreams come true. But what is the reality of L.A.? Yeah. Oh, well, I, it took, I, I took the extended dance remix route to L.A. I went from Portland, Oregon down to I, I uh, did undergrad in Ashland, Oregon, which was the first time I encountered Shakespeare. Uh, as an undergrad. So that's when I started acting was around the age of 18, 19. And then I went to Philadelphia for graduate school. And I was still focused primarily on stage and uh, theater acting. And so I moved up to New York after uh, Philadelphia with a with a little tiny detour into Spring Green, Wisconsin, where I did still one of my favorite places I've ever, ever worked. And I worked did Shakespeare there. I went up to New York and got on a soap opera. And that was the first television that I ever did. And I quickly discovered the delights and wonders that come with being able to pay your rent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the soap opera I was on there was canceled. And um, I figured if I was ever gonna move to LA, I should move to LA while I still had some good years left in me. Uh, spoiler alert, they're gone. By the time you're 30, they're gone. They're gone. Those are no right. longer good years. They're all gone. So I came to LA and kind of turned into sitcom mom. And I worked for a few years on a Disney Channel show. I did a lot of guest spots on uh, multicam comedies, but I aged out of that too. And the, uh, the real, it's funny because when I had my, my Supernatural audition, my stage work came back into play because stage you really need to hit the back of the house you really need to be willing to make stage work and quite frankly the soap opera stuff you need to be able to make extreme yet grounded choices you need to tell the story and serve the story and make it about the story and not about your wacky hijinks and um and that came back around with Supernatural. And so getting to ride out, I was on Supernatural for 10 years, um, <laughs> once or twice yeah. a year. And, uh, and it was a great, it was, it, it, it kept my health insurance, kept, kept my rent. It's, uh, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But acting in general, boy, if you're waiting for something to make you happy in the process, you're kind of fucked because <laughs> there is no guaranteed outcome ever. And I yeah. constantly have to look at the moment I'm in and say, well, am I happy in this moment? Because who knows what the next one's going to bring. And especially right now, I mean, the, the show that's been my bread and butter is gone. And I'm not, I don't, I got a lot of phone calls because yeah. There is definitely the truth of an industry that still has a specific perspective that they like to tell stories from. Um, mm. And so I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a hot commodity. 
And of course, the industry at the moment is very shattered in many ways because you know you know not a lot of shows are well they're slowly going back into production now so auditioning um you know previous stars i i i've spoken to they've said they've been doing a lot of um video in you know auditions uh are you doing many of those or uh, um, do you miss the in-person auditions the self no <laughs> no, I hate auditioning. I hate every, I hate, I am not a good audition. Like there is no way I'm not a good auditioner. Um, I do not miss auditioning. The self tapes, I, I actually honestly have been doing a lot of auditioning for voiceovers. Um, in oh, COVID, I had the incredible fortune of meeting up with a really wonderful voiceover agency. And so they have been sending me things that are keeping me so joyously entertained. And um, I've done a couple of uh, video games. I oh, and um, I, I get to be... Oh, I'm losing you. I think I've lost you. Are you there? <laughs> oh, top net te technology is not on my side. Hello. <laughs> am I that happen? You hear? Me? Oh, Hold on. Yes. Oh, am yes, I back? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, you're back. That's the Wi-Fi. Hello. That's the Wi-Fi. Yes. So, so you've been doing wonderful computer games. Um, yes. You know, for vo voiceover, how how difficult is that? Because, again, I suppose everyone's got a voice, so I can imagine that being more challenging to actually get that work. It's well, yes, it's it's a it's a narrow industry. Um, however, I uh, I very naturally like the, honestly, I found my agent at the dog park. We would just hang out at the dog park, <laughs> okay. and I cannot watch animals interact without giving them voices and so i and i wasn't i didn't i i wasn't conscious i wasn't like i was auditioning for her it's just how i communicate i'm crazy and my life is a cartoon like i am a walking fucking cartoon and so i'm gonna get that goddamn ball keeps getting away from me and she finally was like do you have a voiceover agent i said i do i just don't you know it's hard to break it she goes send me your stuff and wow. it worked out beautifully. And so with the with the voiceover stuff, again, it's a matter of really just committing. Um, and the other thing is my my twelve year old watches a lot of cartoons. So I so I understand when they say, Okay, this is what we need. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Um and it comes back yeah. to the stage. I had a lot of speech training for stage. So if you say it's a little more of this dialect or it's a little more of in that part of your, you know, or it's vocal yeah. fry, I, I know what that means. And I can, all right, well, let's try that. And when you say you're over the hill at the age of 30 in Hollywood, you know, the great thing about doing voiceover, I mean, look at Nancy Cartwright that does uh, Bart, Bart Simpson. Bart. Yep. Um, so you could be working till you're 80 90 year, year, years old yes, it's a great industry to be in unfortunately that also means that uh, there's no openings showing yeah. up in the near future <laughs> it's like oh yeah oh she's not gonna age out of any of this all right 
<laughs> so let's talk about supernatural let's 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 um you know talk about the enigma that is uh supernatural why do you think it's been so popular over the last uh many years oh well uh, the the fandom the people who love it now why do they love it that's an excellent question i can only speculate from what i love about it and I think that there are so many of us in this world right now that experience, I think there's two things. I think there's a lot of us that experience nameless fear that we have mm. to confront on a daily basis. And I think we experience a need for family that goes beyond our family of origin. And supernatural addresses both of those. It's like, no, there is, there is big scary out there and we're going to go fucking kill it today. And <laughs> what does family mean? What does family of origin mean? How do we behave as a family? How do we adopt more into the family? What truly is my heart family? Um, and that is, it's, it's kind of an evergreen theme, but supernatural really beautifully articulated it. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's been so successful and so long lived because mm. family dynamics are mutable and we learn and we grow and we pull apart and we come together and we absorb other people into our families and that changes the dynamics. And so something that, you know, how many monsters can you kill? <laughs> that was kind of secondary to the relationships that yeah. were built. And and it was great that it just kept on giving, you know, year after year after year. You know, it didn't. A lot of shows they sort of get di diluted. Uh, I would say like the Walk Walk Walking Dead. You know, when that started, it was an absolutely awesome show. And then personally, for me, it sort of lulled out a bit. Then you know, got better. But um, with Supernatural, it's it's always had that climax coming season after season after season, and. I, I just think it's fantastic. So you play Sheriff Jody Mills and your character arc is unbelievable in the show. You know, you start you start off with a husband and a son um, and then all of a sudden you take this enormous journey. Um, how did you actually get the role of Jody Mills? How, oh, how did she, you get the actual role of it? She was just supposed to be a one-time, you know, a, a guest star. And this was, this was a, it, I vividly remember the audition because there were, eight of us, they hadn't, they clearly hadn't decided what they wanted as a physical type for Jody. So there were eight flavors of mom. <laughs> and, uh, and the scene that we were auditioning with was where she is, finds her son eating her husband because her son's a zombie. And she runs out and Sam is like, Sam basically is like, got to shoot him in the head. What are we going to do? So that's the scene. It's, it's kind of like go big or go home. And I remember as the casting director walked past, one of the other women said, are we going to take the scene all the way through? And he said, yes. And she goes, that's impossible. Nobody can do this. And he just went, it's supernatural. And he kept on walking. And I went, oh, this is mine. I can do this. I can do this. Um, and in the scene, originally as written, Sam offers the gun to Jody. Like, it's your child. Do yeah. you want to do this? And in the scene, I took the gun because I was like, 
only a mother would love her child enough to do that. And in the, the script, the way it was ultimately done is that Sam did it for her, which at the time, I didn't know this, but it really made a foundation for Sam and Jody's love for each other. Like the fact that he saved her from that experience, even though he didn't know her, and that she was able to entrust him with her child's well-being, like established everything between the two of them moving forward. They understood they're always, and Jared is such a generous actor that that was always present when we were on screen together. There was always just an understanding of, oh, we, we're, we're good. We're, we're good forever and ever and ever. Um, And it was, and so that it was interesting then to contrast that with the dynamic of Jody and Sam, who Sam doesn't, Sam doesn't need any mother fucking mother figures. Like, what's he going to do? Like, fuck mother figures. And Jody coming in and being like, I'm not trying to be your mom. I'm trying to be your friend. I will not talk to you. I will listen to you. I will show up. I, and, and I see you and I'm not trying to make you be anything other than what you are. Um, so it was lovely to have those two arcs, you know, brothers and yet such different trajectories of the character. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you joined in season five. Um, did you watch the show before you actually, you know, you start started filming? I did. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, what was it like joining such an established cast, you know, going in on your first day of shooting? Well, it was uh, my first day of shooting. It was, it was. Uh, like that's what I'd done you know you show up a week here a week there a week there like I was just a journeyman actor and that's what I did so I didn't expect anything it wasn't until Jared and Jensen hit the set and the first question Jensen asked me because the scene that we shot first was everybody I know and love burning on a funeral pyre so you know just a little bit of emotional (laughs) connection and the first question he asked me was what do you need it was like, but you're, you're the, I don't know if you've seen your contract or the call sheet, but you're the important <laughs> ones. My job is to make you look good and then fuck off and go home and everybody forgets about me. And that's not the way Supernatural worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they started calling me back every single time, I was like, can I see the script before I say yes? Cause I'm pretty sure you're killing me. Oh, are you going to kill me today? Are you ki-? There was one episode where I went on a date with Crowley and, um, and I wasn't mentioned again in the script, and it was the last episode of the season. So I was convinced that I was dead. I was like, nope, nope, they didn't, doesn't say, it doesn't say I'm still alive. I'm <laughs> dead. I'm pretty sure I'm dead. Bless you. And when did you find out that you were coming back? You know, after, you know, so, so, so when you filmed they always, that they se- things, se- season. Yeah, they keep things really tight to the vest. It wasn't until two weeks before I was doing Canada again that they were like, hey, they want you back. And I was like, do you, do you, have, the wrong, do you have the wrong phone number? <laughs> I think I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know why they would possibly need me. And, yeah. um, and indeed, they were like, huh, that little, that little gal's got some chutzpah. Let's bring her in. <laughs> and do you share anything with jo- Jody in real, real life? Do you... Do you share any uh, things we with both, that character? We both have the in 
incredible capacity to find more room in our home for homeless things. <laughs> Come on in. Check it for a while. There was when I had a house. We're we're in an apartment now. But back back when I owned a home, my husband at one point threatened to get a vasectomy if I didn't quit taking home stray dogs. He's like, "No more dogs. No more dogs or no babies. I can't do this anymore." Do you know what? That's exactly what I say to the wife. We keep getting cats, and uh, there's more cats in 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 this house than there is people. Uh, but do you know what? I won't change it for the world. They're, they're, lo- they're lovely cats. They're cheeky. Um, so with with supernatural finishing and obviously we all got very excited about the way wayward sisters and then obviously it got shelved i mean what are they playing at i mean the fans want it so surely we should get it (laughs) oh no no that's not the way hollywood works um there are more things that go into a decision than the product and so it's also about like like you could be the best sushi chef in the world, but McDonald's is not going to hire you. Mm. You know, it's, it's, is that, does it fill the slot that the CW needed? Does it actually um, hire the writers that the CW needs to keep in their stable? Does it incorporate all of the people who contribute to the stream of production? Like, you know, what, where is it, going to fit and how many how many pockets is it going to fill and Mm -hmm. i just think ultimately wayward was not a product that they felt suited what they wanted to sell Mm -hmm. um it has no no bearing on the fans i don't think it has any reflection on whether or not it was a decent product i think it just ultimately was they said this isn't this isn't what we want to sell yeah i mean where would you have liked the show to have gone you know if they did actually start making it oh i i i didn't afford myself that i mean ultimately the great news is the writers are much better writers than i am so all I know is that I didn't want it to turn into sad mom Jody sitting at home cooking soup, hoping her girls don't die. Like that yeah. was the one thing I didn't want to see happen is like, girls, make sure you pack your salt. Like that, that's not, that's, that's not fun. I much, I wanted Jody to stay a mentor figure in yeah. how to be a badass. Um, but it, you know, everybody's doing well in different ways and and i will say the great thing is the 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 outpouring of support for the show really helped illustrate what a call there is for badass female characters um i think we we then saw i'm not taking credit for this but i am saying that their eyes were opened to the power of female ensembles and that I can only like, I mean, Ooh, I also cry a lot. I mean this very sincerely. I would rather celebrate a win from the sidelines than to come across the finish line last. Mm. Yeah. Like we, like, we did it. We got it. That show was created because the 
fans asked for it. Nobody has ever fucking made a pilot because it had requests. Yeah. And I think it stepped how females are seen in the genre forward so that it will serve all storytelling. It means that I, you know, sometimes you come home on your shield and not with it, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I praise any any show that has a strong female sort of characters in them because I want for my daughters when they get older to see strong female characters, you know, to look at and actually look up to. I think I think it's fantastic about the show that, you know, yeah, it's about Dean and Sam, but you get characters like like like, like yourselves that are very uh you know just just ama- amazing i mean when we talk about fans so let's talk about conventions because obviously fans are itching at the moment to get to conventions and with all, all covid happening oh yeah it, it's, it's quite difficult are you, have, have you got any virtual comic cons um lined up at all nope no Nope. Oh, there we go. There's 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 a chance for someone out there to grab you for a virtual Comic Con uh, because there's loads happening, especially for shows like Smallville. And uh, you know what? I would have thought that there would have been one for... for well, they for did. Creation, and- Creation is doing uh, Supernatural conventions virtually. Right. However, they're kind of cycling through the, the, the B-list. <laughs> right. Um, because they don't... Because, they're, because you don't simply... You don't have time or finances to pay everybody to do everything. And and uh, so the ancillary characters are kind of being parceled out. Nice. But uh, but Creation's doing some. I did, I joined Cameo. So this is, I this, get to- this is what I was going to talk about, Cameo, because you're on Cameo now. I was going to ask how how is it going? Because it's, it's, it's a great concept. Yeah. I love it so much. And... And honestly, what's so funny is that I, for some reason, thought I was going to be talking to people I don't know. And it's all of my it's all of my favorites from the conventions. It's people that are like, I know you or it's or I've been introduced to a few people that haven't been able to get to conventions, but I interact with them on Twitter or or new people that are kind of like, huh, what's this lady about? And then I get to actually show up as me and um and actually just have that connection. And especially right now with COVID where I'm aching for connection. And yeah. so it's really a testament to the uh, the creativity of the human spirit that we're finding ways to continue connecting. And I love it. Um, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm on a quick break on co uh on cameo right now because I'm, I'm going to do something different for October. It's fun. It's amusing. And, um, and it always baffles me that people want to hear what I have to say. That just surprises me. And so it's another it's another exercise in being as authentic as I can. Ugh, that word is getting so overused. But <laughs> what I mean is I want to show up with my heart and not my ego. Yeah. And yeah. um and I love practicing that. Well, it's definitely a great idea, especially especially with everything going on. But you know when you're at conventions, I notice you have some amazing tattoos. And I've I've always oh. wondered, you see, yeah, I mean which 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 one is your favorite tattoo? 
Well, the ones that my daughter drew, I don't know if you can see. Hold on a second. I Again, I apologize for being in a sound booth. I didn't hey, know so I was what? actually going to be on. So so this is a blue morpho. You can't really. So this is the butterfly. This is the uh, the microscopic version of the scales. And this is her version of a blue morpho. So oh, this awesome. is the butter, because I described my daughter as being a butterfly living in a caterpillar world. And then here is my crow right there. And there is her version of the crow. That is awesome. Do you know what I really want to do? Do that is get my girls to draw something on me, and get it tattooed. I think I think it'd be awesome. I mean, yeah. have you had any um, convention goers get you to sign a part of their body and get it tattooed? Yes. Have yes. You? People have me write stuff and then they tattoo it, and it always scares the fuck out of me. Never tell <laughs> me here for anyone listening. Don't tell me until I'm done that it's going to be a for a tattoo. Because as soon as you add that pressure to this brain, I'm like, I don't, I can't, I don't, ah, I don't even know which end of the Sharpie goes on the paper. Stop, that's too much pressure. So if you're just like, hey, I want to have, you know, wayward as fuck written uh, tattooed on me, just be like, could you sign this? Great. Thank you. And then show me the tattoo the next time you see me. That is, that is awesome. Do you know what? I, I often thought about doing that, you know, when meeting stars to get tattoos, but it's sort of like, it's on your bo body forever. You've got to, I suppose, be really into that star, really into that show, um, you know, but uh, I've, I, I've, I've only got a few. I, wa I want to get a few more. And my wife's getting her first one, um, ho hopefully. But I think tattoos are fantastic. I'm dreading, I mean... Your daughter, do you think she'll ever get a tattoo? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I can't answer you if you asked me if I thought she'd eat dinner. My right. daughter is such an enigma to me that I don't. I, I'm like, uh, I don't. I, I, she thinks they're stupid because mommy has them. Um, so that might. But I don't. I don't care. Like this is this is one of the great things is that I can't be a I can't be a person in this world who says I am going to express my insides with my outsides and then turn around and tell her you're not allowed to express the same way. I, I like yeah. she is her. So if she comes home and is like I had my eyelid pierced, I'm going to be like that's going to be uncomfortable, but let me know how it goes. <laughs> It's your choice. It's like my girls, you know, as long as they're happy, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's your point. You know, it's, it's all about the happiness. Um, but no, that's awesome about the, uh, what's the strangest thing you've actually wrote on someone's, uh, arm or leg or, or oh, chest or I have, head? <laughs> I, I, I have, you know, okay. So it's funny. Cause I, I get a lot of like, what's the strangest thing question? And um, I can't, I don't see strange. I, when I am asked to contribute to a person's experience, it is always out of love. 
Like yeah. no one who hates me has ever said, here's some money just so I can get up in your face and say, fuck you. I mean, maybe somebody will after I've said that, but even then there's a weird kind of attachment to that where it's like, yeah. wow, I meant that much to you? Wow, you yeah. really, you wanted to say fucking me? Oh, thank you. Oh my God, I'm so glad I mean so much to you. I hope you find joy. Um, yeah. Would you like me, I can cry if that would, would it make you feel better for me to be sad about that? I will, t- I'm sorry, that was the wrong response. Like, um, yeah. so, 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 so different people who just love different ways and different things mean different things to everybody. Right. So I don't, I don't clock. Oh, that was weird. I'm just like, oh, and then my brain just moves on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That, 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 that is a good way to think. Um, so what's, so what's next for you then before, before we wrap up this lovely interview, what is, uh, I've, I've got three more questions. Okay. So the first one, what is next for you? What are you working on at the moment? Uh, have, have you written any movies? Uh, because that tends to be, or are you just r- relaxing and riding those waves of life? <laughs> I'm teaching children horseback riding. Oh, that's awesome. That that is awesome. Do you know what? I, I, I went to a place once near Wash, Wash, Washington DC and they had a horse ranch that was um designed uh funnily enough for kids that had behavioural problems to go and they gave each one a horse uh for the time that there was there. Uh, it was residential. And for that week they had to muck out the horse, take care of the horse, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm I'm teaching little people and big people. I've got a couple of adult students and, um, and that's what I'm doing. And we all mask up and we sanitize up and we stay six feet apart. And, and that's, that's what I'm, I mean, because there isn't, like I said, there's not, nobody's banging on my door, but also nobody's given me an actual pink slip yet. Um, our plans Mm. were to kind of move to Oregon and just be done with it. And then Oregon burned. So we're still here. Um, so I'm just right now, I'm still kind of just staying in what does this moment have to offer? We are safe. We are as comfortable as we can be. And so I'm, I'm educating, I'm homeschooling my kid and, um, well, remote learning, but we are processing that and, uh, and I'm learning a lot myself and I'm spending a lot of time with horses. That is awesome. And what makes you mad, Kim? What makes you mad? Oh, that's a deep question. No. Mm. Um, I know what your question is. And I'm not going to answer it. Because one of the things I am working on in my life and right now is recognizing that my personal anger is a secondary emotion. My anger doesn't come from outside. My anger comes from my response on the inside. So what makes me angry is my grief and my fear. So these days, my practice, my meditation, moving through the world, when I feel, cause there's a lot of shit that I feel angry about, but what makes me angry is I'm scared right now. I'm scared I won't have what I need to be okay. I'm afraid you're going to take what I need to be okay. I'm afraid that your opposition to me means one of us has to be right and I have to be right. So I have to fucking be okay. That's a lie. That 
is a lie. Anger is in me for a purpose, but right now it doesn't serve me. So what makes me angry is being sad or being scared. And so I breathe it back in and go, okay, it's okay. It's okay. And it's helping a lot right now. <laughs> and the last question, what makes you happy? Ah, oh, connection. Remembering that it isn't about me. Anytime I can get past the voice in my head that says, it's all my job, it's all my fault, and it's all about me. That's, that's hell. That's yeah. being alone in my head with the demons that are trying to kill me. So as soon as I can drop in and say, it's not about me, I might not even exist. How about where's, where's, where's the us in this mm -hmm. situation right here? There is joy in that. Yeah, I mean, we're all in it together and uh, connection is definitely, definitely the way the way forward kim you've been a great guest i've really oh enjoyed speaking gosh. to you Thank and i'm you. so honored as well because i'm I, I am a massive fan uh please don't take any offense i won't get you to sign any body parts um <laughs> it's okay if we if we maybe if it in the ever future. happens yeah <laughs> if it ever happens you'll see me and i'll get you to sign my elbow or something kim um all the best um i hope you keep all health and safety uh, health and safety health and uh, healthy and and safe for you and the family and uh yeah all the best thank you so thank much. you and to you my pleasure this was wonderful You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends.